If you are a Christian coach, speaker, or influencer, this is the right place. You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for biblical encouragement, spirit-led wisdom, and practical ideas as you answer God's calling to increase your authority by becoming an author. I'm Nika Maples, and I can help you write your next book so that you can take your business to the next level while advancing the kingdom and transforming people in Jesus' name. Welcome. Today, I have a great guest to help you get on track with your body image because there's a chance that in your life, you've heard some comments that have fed a thought or two about your own body that is not helpful to you. So when I say get on track, I'm not talking about get on track with your body, but the way you view your body. So please welcome my guest, Rachel Gilbert. Rachel, I'm thrilled that you're here. I, I want to start by asking you some background about your story, about your own body image. You know, I feel like the book Image Restored is something that it took me a not a super long time to write because it was being written in my heart for like over a decade, you know? So it was one of those books where you're like, oh, it's all just already in there because this has been my life story. And one of the reasons I am passionate about body image is not just for, I mean, of course, we all know a lot of the reasons why we speak into these types of topics. We, of course, we want to live in freedom and we want to kind of cliche sayings of, I want to be the best version of myself and I want to embrace me and, and all those things are great. But my even deeper heart desire is just, I want women to be able to walk confidently in their call on their life, the dreams that God has put on their heart and anything that the enemy tries to use to trip us up, to keep us hidden, to be sitting around with um, maybe fear or shame or anything that holds us back. I tend to go after those things because I'm like, wait, you have a call. And so that looks different for all of us, right? The things that hold us back. And so to your point, you asked my, where did mine begin? And and yeah, body image has been something over the years since I was a little girl under the age of 10 that I can first remember some stories of feeling like, huh, I'm not sure I'm exactly loving this particular body I'm in uh, all the way to, you know, birthing three children and and doing all kinds of stuff in between. And so if I told you every single story that I've ever had to overcome with body image, we'd be here for an hour. And I, didn't, I know nobody wants to hear me talk about my stories for an hour, but that would be, you know, for me, it definitely began a long time ago and it's been a journey of overcoming. And I still feel like some days I'm walking through it and in it, but I do have freedom and I'm excited to share that. So listeners need to know that you're a revelation wellness instructor, fitness instructor, also a licensed counselor, but you're also coming at it from your viewpoint in this book is also from someone who's not an expert, but who has lived it. So that trifecta of the the wellness, the, the mental health piece, and then having lived it yourself is very powerful. What would you say was the moment when you realized that you had a message that other people needed to hear? I feel like it really began the moment that I realized it was for somebody else. Cause my, of course my own healing started first. So I taught group fitness for a while, just normal group fitness in the gyms. And then I became the revelation wellness instructor. And then I became the zone leader for pink fitness groups at Gateway, where we attend church. 
And I remember at first, you know, women thinking, oh, we're just coming to work out. And then, of course, the thing I've always loved about movement is that it opens hearts. And I can't tell you the number of times when I was teaching group fitness in secular gyms, I'm not secular gyms, just regular gyms, obviously, yeah. I would have women come up afterwards and say, oh man, I'm going through a really hard time in my marriage. Or they just kind of just come start telling me stuff. And this was before I was even a licensed counselor. And so there was just been this theme over the years as the Lord began to give me freedom that then he would open doors for me to have side conversations with other women. And I would share with them what I was learning in my own private time with the Lord and my own journey, and it would really resonate with them. So if, I don't know that I can give you a specific moment where I knew, oh, wow, I'm onto something here. But I feel like the Lord was really opening my eyes along the way mm -hmm. of, hey, you're going through this, you're getting some freedom. And every time that you encourage somebody else in this area, they get a little bit of freedom too. There might be something here. We should pay attention to this. Yeah. And I did. I started to pay attention to it. And every time I spoke on it, I'd pay attention to the feedback I got and the things that really resonated with people and the things they said, oh, I want to hear some more about that. And, and so it was, it was a journey of the Lord showing me there is a message here, but I feel like the message it was given to me in pieces, but thankfully I was paying attention, you know, to the moments and to the messages that were being taught along the way, not only for my own healing, but also for if I ever did turn this into something more, if I ever did write a book on this, like, and tucked it away in notes on a notes app on my phone of this really resonated and this piece, you know, there. So so that would be my moment, I guess, if you will. And then, of course, when I became a counselor, it really all just it, becoming a counselor really brought it all together in mm -hmm. a way that made sense for me. That was, you know, that was my journey for sure. Well, in your research in the book, you say that 100% of women have heard mothers, aunts, grandmothers, women in their lives speak negatively about their bodies. No one escapes without that negative self-talk. So I love that your experience and research in this subject, it equips you to really share about it. So tell us more about the negative self-talk and family messages that we accidentally maybe give to our daughters and the young, young people in our lives. I love that you said accidentally give because I always love to come into this particular topic with grace, grace, and more grace for the people who came before us because we only pass on what we were taught, right? I mean, that's that's life. That's we get we all learn different communication styles and everything that we learn. We just learned from either the previous generation or whoever brought us up or whatever surrounding you were in. And so I like to just premise it with that of just grace. And I like to extend the people before me grace of they, they taught me what they knew, you know, like they talked about their body the way they were taught how to talk about their body. But the exciting thing is we're here today and we can go, you know what? Yeah. Now that I think about it, I did have this one aunt that she would talk about all kinds of things that really imprinted on my heart and made me think, oh, what's wrong with me? You know, what do I need to fix about me? When we become aware of the types of people and the statements that were made that shaped us, one, we can forgive and release them and go, hey, they did not like, I am forgiven them. I, I do not need to hold them accountable unless of course they're still in your life and still speaking to you that way, then maybe, maybe some boundaries in place. That's a different topic for a different story. But then also it helps us to become aware. Okay, first of all, what, have, what did I receive about myself? That's a lie that we just need to go ahead and debunk and get with the Lord on and debunk. And then secondly, 
what do I want to pass on? Not only, you know, yes, some of us are mothers and we have daughters that we consider, but women in general, we're all affecting somebody. You know, we all have a friend, a niece, a nephew, you know, somebody in our life that we are influencing for sure. And one of the things that I love reading about was your idea of a body image timeline. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. Timelines are one of my very favorite things to do in therapy. You can do them for any topic that you're just looking for themes because kind of like what I just touched on a little bit ago is I don't do timelines with patients or ministry or friends or even in my book with the purpose of who, who can we blame for how I am today? Right. Because I think sometimes people get a bad idea in their head about sometimes maybe therapists want to go back and blame so and so for this is how I am. And I'm like, nope, I'm not looking. The only person or the only one we're blaming here is the enemy. But we're looking for themes. We're looking for pivotal moments that stand out to you so clearly. One that comes to mind, I I interned at an eating disorder center when I was in graduate school and we were doing a a timeline in a particular session. And one girl had a a story, I won't share the, the actual story here, but about Cheetos and her brother and a comment he made to her. She was under 10 years old about Cheetos. And to this day, she's terrified. She was terrified of Cheetos, you know? And so these things that we think, oh, that's so silly. What? Why would a silly comment when I'm eight years old about Cheetos stick with me for 30 years, right? Well, they do. And so at some point, we have to just pause long enough to look at, make a timeline of our life, if you will, from, you know, the moment we were born all the way up until where we are now in any pivotal moments that come up. And this is the part I love in partnering with the Holy Spirit is he's so sweet to only bring up the things that we need to be thinking about, right? We don't need to write every single little thing that ever existed, but he will highlight the ones that he says, yeah, let's talk about this one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That thing that was said, or that thing that was done, or maybe not done, um, that, that imprinted your heart in a way that I'd like to rewrite that. I'd like to go back and visit that with you and bring healing. And that's the other cool thing about when you go back to things with Jesus, he doesn't just go back to look at it and be like, Oh, that's so sad. I mean, of course he will sit with us in our grief, but he also goes back to heal it too. So I love timelines. I could talk about timelines all day. (laughs) Yeah. That, yeah, that, that's, something that your readers and and my viewers and listeners have to learn to trust is that if you can trust God, if he's taking you somewhere to revisit a moment in the past, it's never just to open a wound, it's to heal a wound. So if he brings something up and I love that you said there's plenty of things he won't even bring up because he doesn't want to work on that with you at the time. But if he does bring it up, it's because it's an offer and an opportunity for healing. In your book, you you teach women how to listen to their bodies. A lot of women think, well, how can I listen to the Holy Spirit? We're talking about listening to the Holy Spirit as if that's so easy. And some women don't feel that it's easy. So would you speak to that, listening to the Holy Spirit and listening to your body and how are those the same and how are those different? Let's start by listening to the Holy Spirit. I do think that it is something just like working out. And actually I had one of my professors, I can't take credit for this because she explained it in a really great way. She said, because I think I've had a a client ask me that question before, you know, when I was like, well, we'll trust your gut. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? And she's like, well, how do I even, how do I even do that? And I'm like, thank you for asking that question. Because I think a lot of Christians do walk around 
with that going, I would love to listen to the Holy Spirit. Teach me how. My professor, though, I thought she had a great answer to it. And she said, it's kind of like working out your muscles of, hey, the more I, you know, learn how to lift my arm up and down, my arm needs to reach and grab something. I don't need to tell it, hey, arm, lift up, lift down and grab that thing. It just does it. Because it's done it so many times. We've worked out that muscle. And a lot of times hearing the Holy Spirit can be that same way of we have to at least try and practice. And the more you do, and the more you have confirmation of, oh, I heard that the Holy Spirit in that. And I also like to be clear, I'm not hearing an audible voice. Like there's not some booming. I mean, that'd be really cool. Maybe slightly scary. But, you know, sometimes I am like, Lord, could you just you know, shout it out from the rooftops. That would be great. But it's a, the the sweet thing about the Holy Spirit is he's gentle and it's a still, small, quiet, usually, you know, nudging something impressed upon your heart. A simple example is somebody comes up in your mind all of a sudden, like you're driving along and all of a sudden Nika pops in my mind. And I'm like, huh, that's random. I haven't thought about Nika in years. And I think this actually happened whenever I was going to work with you a year ago. Like I'd heard you speak at a conference and then I met you at Declare. And then, yeah, just randomly, like your name just popped into my head. I'm like, well, that's weird. And then you kind of dismiss it. And then again, you know, I think I got on social media and, oh, there's Nika. That's weird. I was just thinking of Nika, you know? And so it's just like these things. And that's the Holy Spirit was speaking to me of Rachel. You need to reach out to Nika. That's what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. And so those moments build your listening to the Holy Spirit muscles, if you will, because now you start to have confidence of, oh, I do hear that the Holy Spirit. I do notice those promptings. And then we have to follow through on them. So my action was, oh, maybe I should reach out to Nika. She keeps popping in front of me for some reason. Mm-hmm. I should I should follow through on this and see if there's something here. And there was. And that was totally the Holy Spirit leading mm-hmm. me to you. So there's the Holy Spirit side. You, you said it so well, because I also have people that I casually talk about listening to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we can do that without realizing that some people are wondering, well, is it that voice that you hear? And for me, it's not an audible voice either. It's a, so many times in pictures and song lyrics and little things that maybe repeat. And it's the Lord saying, pay attention to this. Come closer and ask me about this, this thing that keeps popping up. So yeah, that's all I would say is when you get a sense that, well, that's funny. That's random that I keep running into that or I keep thinking about that. That's your, that's the Holy Spirit's invitation. Ask me more about this. Come closer and ask me more about this. So yeah, you you summarized it perfectly. So what about listening to your body? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love one other thing I want to add to this and it goes with the part I'm about to share about the body is then it does take us quieting ourselves to actually pay attention to those messages and to slow down long enough and notice those promptings and not just dismiss them, which leads me into the body. And it's, I mean, our body is through both pain and pleasure, always talking to us, right? I mean, it it uses signals to tell us, oh, your hand's on the stove. You should remove it because it's hurting really badly. Or, you know, obviously through pain, we recognize that quite a bit, but even through pleasure in different ways, it is sending us messages of, oh, you should pay attention. It's that you should pay attention. I mean, it's literally almost exactly what we were just talking about with the Holy Spirit of, hey, pay attention to this. And like you said, it's an invitation to pay attention. And I feel like it's very specific to us. And that's, that's my concern I have with 
a lot of stuff when it comes to eating healthy, exercise, body image is we try to do a one size fits all for everybody. And I'm like, well, but we're not one size fits all. And that was the toughest part. I think Nika, you may know this about me. And when I set out to write a book on body image, which is why I structured it the way I did is I'm thinking everybody has their own struggles. Like everybody's body image timelines look different. Everybody, you know, so that's where I really had to trust the Holy Spirit in writing the book of how do I speak to people in a way where they're going to receive it for them? Because no two people's struggles are the exact same. And so back to listening to our bodies is first of all, embracing that you are, we are all created obviously in the image of God, but we're also very unique and the things that make us tick. And I know taking human anatomy in college uh, with my husband, I learned this because, you know, sorry if this is too graphic, but we did um, have to dissect cadavers. And it was interesting to me that everybody had the same core internal system, but not any of them looked the same. And they were all different sizes and they were all different shapes and they had different little unique intricacies about them. And that opened my eyes to, then we have to learn to hear God for ourselves on this. We have to learn. Then the reason I wanted to start with how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, be able to listen to your body. You got to be able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's this whole partnership between hearing that voice of the Holy Spirit and then trusting your body that if you feel pain in, you know, your foot, you really shouldn't push through that. Even though there are some fitness gurus who would say, just push through that pain. We've all heard that motto, right? Um, and just push through, drive through. Do You've got to stick to this plan in order to have this outcome and leaving no space to pull back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me for my health and my wellness and my body? And secondly, body, what signals are you even sending me right now? What is it that I need? What are we missing here that you would love for me to, I, I love how you keep using that word invitation, Nika, what am I invited into? to um, partnering with you on this today. Yeah. And when you started in this interview, you, you talked about the um, number one reason you wanted to, to write this book and why you knew you had a message to share is about freedom. You want people to experience freedom. And to me, I have found listening to my body is the highest level of freedom for me, because otherwise there's a slavery that comes from, um, living a totally sedentary life and then you can't you huff and puff when you try to climb stairs. There's the slavery that also comes from not being able to stop eating a second helping or extra sugar for no reason and all of these things. And, and the person in that bondage, been me plenty of times, is very aware of this, the feeling of slavery of it. It's just like, I want to stop, but I can't stop. But to me, I've also found that the pendulum swings and there've been many a January when I set New Year's resolutions and fell into a new kind of slavery. It was like this slavery mentality of, I have to do this many minutes of cardio and I have to do this many, I have to be getting up at 4.30 in the morning or it's not counting or, you know, like I have to be logging every calorie and I have to eat this many. And even when my body was saying, hey, you're full, but I would try to eat this certain amount or my body would say, I'm hungry. And I would try to stick with this strict calorie counting thing that I was doing, the thing of the moment, the app of the moment. And um, I realized for me, both sides are slavery. So the freedom is in listening to my body. And when it says eat a little more, have, you know, have some more of that or don't have any more of that, you're done or get some water instead of that 
soft drink or whatever. That's the freedom for me. And even if my body doesn't change, the freedom comes in my heart and my mind. Absolutely. And you're not alone in that. I mean, that's why I even wrote in one of the chapters about the lens of obsession and neglect, because I personally am like you and most people I meet do swing from, from land to land. And we have different things that hang us up in each land. But like you said, the bottom line is both are bondage. Mm -hmm. Um, So you write in your book about the dangers of comparison, comparing our bodies to another woman's body or an ideal body we've seen online or whatever. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think comparison is something that comes for all of us, if not in body image, probably in some other area of our life. And so I love to just acknowledge it. And for years, I would struggle with comparing to other women. And then I got over that. And I was like, you know what? It is what it is. This is me. Like, this is my body type. I'm good with it. But then the struggle that came for me was comparing myself to a younger version of myself um, and trying to get back to that younger me of, and then seeing an old photo of me and going, oh, look at her, you know? And so I'm sitting there being jealous of and comparing myself to a younger version of myself. And my husband was the one who opened my eyes to that when he said to me one day, Rachel, stop comparing yourself to your younger self. She's another woman. Yeah. It nearly knocked me out of my chair because I was having a heart to heart with them about how exhausted I was from doing an early morning boot camp because I thought that's what I needed to do and, and everything and was not listening to what my body needed. I was over in that land of obsession. And, and when I shared that with him, he just said that. So I just remember it plain as day. And I can remember exactly where we were sitting. And it brought me so much freedom because that it just really reminded me. Yeah. First of all, that's another woman, but it's also another season. So this is something else my husband has taught me. I feel like him being a chiropractor and, you know, treating patients for over a decade, he has watched people and treated people in all kinds of different seasons of life. And so he has really embraced the aging process, if you will, of like, Hey, it's happening to all of us. Like, like it or not fight it all you want, do all the things you'd like. We're all going to age. And actually that's good. Like it's a, it's a new season. Like God created it that way. We were, we were designed to age and that's just what's going to happen. And so you can either freak out about it or you can embrace it with grace. And, and that's what I'm trying to do for sure. But that was really what he was also teaching me in that moment of, yeah, you're not 15 anymore. So you've had children or or you've not had children. The bottom line is every year we get older. Yeah, we're our bodies are changing and that's okay. Why do we think that's an evil thing? It's not. (laughs) I definitely have been one to look back at, at, you know, 10 years ago and say, I want to fit in those clothes or I want to fit in that. Be that side. I definitely have fallen into that trap of looking back at myself a decade earlier and want to be that person or like that size. But one thing that feels like it's easier for me than most people is embracing aging because, you know, I, I never understood when people would not say what their age was mm-hmm. uh, because I'm like, I'm happy to say I'm 48 years old. And the reason I'm happy to say it is because when I was 20 years old, doctor said she won't live to be 21. So for me, every new age that I get to say is like the pronouncement of a miracle. Like God put 48 on top of 47 years of glory when I was told that I wouldn't live another day. So all that is, is perspective. And any of us could have that perspective and think, 
I don't have to be ashamed of the aging process. I'm so glad I got to this point. At any point, my life could have been over, but God has sustained me. He has sustained me to get to this age of 50, of 55, of 60, you know, and and just be glad that you get to see you never would have known what your body would do or be at 65 or 70, were it not for the Lord sustaining you all this time. Absolutely. Yeah. I love you said that word perspective because that's huge. All about perspective. There's, there's never a reason to compare, you know, now when I look at it, at this question in its raw form, it's like, why, wait, why would we compare? No, I don't understand the reason mm-hmm. we do it, but why it doesn't yeah. even make any sense. And I do give, I'll just give a spoiler alert so that I can give the listener something to walk away with as tangible. If you do struggle with comparison, either against yourself, because I've also heard people mention, you know, even comparing ourselves to a future version of ourself of like, oh, once I look like this, then, you know, and uh, so either direction, that's a hard, you know, not going to be very fruitful. But then also, if you are somebody who does struggle with comparing to other people, uh, the three R's that the Lord gave me on that are to recognize, repent, and then rejoice. And so recognize is exactly like what we're talking right here. Just recognizing, hey, I'm comparing right now. Wait, hold on. No, you know, just letting it even become into our awareness and then repent, just saying, Lord, I'm so sorry that I am looking at a fellow sister in Christ or whoever it might be and just repenting. But then the rejoice piece is the hardest part because rejoice means thank you for my sister, Nika. I play blessings over her. So whoever you are comparing yourself to, you know, just blessing that person with a sweet prayer of just thanksgiving for them. And if you're doing it for yourself, thank you for the body I had 10 years ago. That body was exactly what I needed. When I was that, you know, that's, it had the energy I needed. It had the, and thank you for the one now that I have, you know, just that rejoice piece can be the hardest, but I'll tell you what, that's where the freedom comes is when you can rejoice. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you, Nika. Well, and I, I hope that, um, I know we've talked before on here, but you have played a huge role. I feel like I talk about you all the time in a good way uh, to people <laughs> and sharing things that you shared with me during the writing process and the Lord strategically placed you in my life to get this message up and out and your voice still, uh, I actually still have a card on my bathroom mirror from you because it has a message on there that I still need to hear today. And so thank you for your ministry. Like you're such a blessing. So I appreciate you. Are you subscribed to my YouTube channel yet? I love creating weekly lessons that will bring value and insight to you on your writing, publishing, and book marketing journey. When you listen to my podcast, you learn through your ears. But when you watch my YouTube channel, you learn through your eyes and your ears, making double the impact in half the time. See you over on YouTube.